0: Welcome to the Mental Health Business Mentor podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margot Jaco. Are you a clinician looking to find the balance between providing compassionate client care and business agility? This show will help with things you need to know to start or grow your practice and better serve your clients. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm Dr. Margot schott your mental health business mentor. So glad you're here with us today. And today, I get to have Deanna Schoss of Intercultural Talk, our marketing guru, and Chris Pertel, our fabulous outreach coordinator and podcast producer. All of us are here today. Good morning. Hi, Margot. Good morning, Margot. So today, folks, we are going to talk about a, a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. It is about our culture. I I love talking about culture and maybe there's some ways to think about culture that we don't typically think about it. So I'm hoping we can dig into some of that today. So Deanna, what is at the top of your mind?
1: When I think of culture, it can be this amorphous term, but I think of things like going to the grocery store every day. And when you ask somebody where something is, you've got the people that say it's over there and vaguely point. You've got the ones who will give you the aisle number and the product placement and then there's the stores where no matter what the employee is doing, they will get up and walk you directly to the item that you're looking for. That is part of the culture of a business. And it also shows how it's manifest into individual employees, how they perpetuate that culture.
0: Mm.
1: So Marga, my question for you is, how would you describe the culture of the Juniper Center?
0: So you and I have had this conversation and boy, I would hope that people on our team would know this. And I, I think I'm just going to make sure that we continually talk about this because it's that important. So our culture, probably one of the biggest tenants is that the person matters, that the clinician matters. Of course, the client matters. I mean, we, we all know that, but the, the administrative staff matters. So being able to bring your whole self, whoever you are, all of your bumps and bruises and anything else that's going on, uh, something that makes you different, something that makes you unique. I love those things being a part of our culture and that work-life balance. And you know, those are kind of buzz terms. Oh, self-care and work-life balance, and what the heck is that? But part of our culture is that you matter so much that what is going on for you is of paramount importance. If you're getting burnt out, if you're not feeling well, if you're having a hard time in your life, I want you to have space to deal with that, to take care of that. And that is most important. So that's a big part of our culture. Another big part of our culture is connectedness, being together, having opportunities to talk to each other, Those are a huge part of our culture. And of course, that looks different now. I think how we were able to make that happen prior to COVID was very different than it has been during COVID. We'd have regular retreats and dinners and places and times to connect. That's been a big part of our culture as well. And probably the biggest one, I would say, Deanna, is this sense of support of caring about and making sure that the people that we are serving feel like they are cared for.
1: Margot, it's interesting that you say, oh, these maybe are our, our buzzwords. We're a therapy practice. Of course we care for each other. But here's what's important when you talk about culture. It doesn't matter if someone else has some of the same values as you do. Your culture is, it emanates from your own values and you have to articulate it. right. Like it's important that, even if it sounds like someone else may have said this or or doesn't everyone just know this, no, it's really critical to write down what those values are as the ability to to have them manifest or adopted by people within the organization because some organizations, especially in corporate culture, the idea is culture starts from the top. You're the head of the organization, so culture starts from the top and trickles down, but you've said. You've talked about an analogy of that culture is actually from the bottom up. Can you talk more about that?
0: Oh, definitely. I love that. So we are the Juniper Center. The Juniper is a tree for anybody who's not aware of that. I can't tell you how often I've had people say the Jupiter Center like the planet. No, it's Juniper like the tree. And I like that analogy as as I think about what our organizational culture is, what our organizational chart looks like. It looks like a tree. It's not top down, it's bottom up. I'm at the bottom as the practice owner. My responsibility and my commitment is to hold up and support and give nourishment and nutrients, just like a tree, on up uh, into the branches and up into the leaves beyond. That's really what our culture is like. So it starts at the bottom with support, supporting the next level and the next layer. And then it's their job to support the people above them and the people next to them. That's a really important part of our culture.
1: So as you hire new people, do you screen for culture or is it communicating expectations about your culture as you interview new clinicians?
0: You know, it's probably much more of the former. It's it's that I am screening for culture and I go so much on my gut, which is so hard to articulate. Well, how, how do you do your hiring process? And I now have gotten better at being able to say, well, I do this and I do this and I do this. But the truth of the matter is I'm sitting with what does it feel like to be with this person? Do I like being with them? Do they feel to me like someone who's going to fit well within our culture? It's really important for me to have people who like to be an active part of a team. Somebody who just wants to be an island and out there doing their own thing. That's fabulous. That's probably not a great person for us. That's not really feeding into our culture. So when I'm screening for it, I am listening for and asking people, what is it like? What kind of teammate are you? What would it be like for you to work with a team? How do you participate as a member of a team? So I am communicating that very intentionally. Now, that said, Deanna, you use the word expectation. It's not an expectation per se. When I think of expectation, I think of a demand. I am not requiring that of people, but I do want people on our team who are interested in that, that it's important to them to be connected to the other people around them as well.
1: It's important to note that your team though is very diverse and you have conscientiously increased that diversity as you've expanded the team over the past year. And the reason that's important is is that people wanting to be part of a team doesn't mean they come to the team in only one way, that you're accommodating different styles and approaches, introverts, extroverts, all different backgrounds as you interview. Are there any key indicators that you see that you can tell? Because sometimes when people talk about fit, that yet used to be code in the diversity world of oh, it's not a right fit for what we're doing. How do you manage that diversity and fit at the same time?
0: Well, if somebody has a kind of diversity that is different than what we already have, you know, we have a huge queer population in our practice. We have people of color, we have people of, of varied religions. I love all of that. I think it brings such a richness to our team and to the work that we do and to us as people, right, as therapists. It's definitely not a one style fits all. That said, I'm also aware that there is an impact on our culture when we bring in people who are a bit different. Oh, we were so homogenous when when the practice first started. Pretty much all middle-aged white women. I mean, that was us in the beginning. And that actually worked well. That wasn't a bad thing because the practice had started out as just me. And as I was growing, I needed to hire on more people who were like me because referrals were coming to me. So I needed people who were clinically like me so that I could say, well, look, I'm not available, but I've hired this person. I know them well. I know their clinical skills. They're very much like me. I think they'd be a good fit. So, and meaning that they would be able to bring clinically what the person was looking for if they had contacted. Me so as we've grown, that has changed. There are people who are very different than I am, and in fact, there are times I have intentionally gone out. This sounds kind of crazy, but look for people who are the opposite of me. They're nothing like me clinically. They're very different from from how I am personally. But again, there are certain things like they want to be a part of a team. They don't have to be an extrovert. I think I tend to be more extroverted. That's okay. I don't have to. I don't have to join in with everything. But they do need to be able to say, okay, so it's important to me that I get to bring my whole self. Yes, that's a value of mine. It's important to me that there is a team here, that there is a community, that I want to be a part of that community. It is important to me that work-life balance is really something that's taken seriously here. And then I'm going to have a lot of autonomy to do the things I need to do clinically. I'm going to be a really good clinician, but I'm also going to participate in a way that contributes.
1: And another short way to look at what is culture is what is it like to work here? Yes. How do you communicate that to new clinicians that might be joining the practice?
0: Well, (laughs) inevitably in an interview, Deanna, I say to people, okay, so now we've had this whole conversation. I tell people all these things because they'll say, well, well, tell me about the practice. What is it like to work there? And I say, let me tell you from the beginning, these are the values that have been important. I really want all those things that we just described. And then I say, look, so you have heard this now from me. We did a 15 minute screening and we did our first interview together. And I always do those because I know what I'm looking for. I don't." put that off on somebody else because it's really important to me to bring in people who meet that cultural need. So I say to them, it's like I'm holding up my baby saying, isn't it cute? Right? What are you going to say? Right? I want you to also, new clinician considering perhaps this will be a good fit for us to work together, I want you to talk to somebody else in the practice who can describe their experience of what it's like to work here. And I don't ever worry about somebody getting on with them. It's not like I've only handpicked the people who are going to say good things, right? I mean, that would that's not what I want at all. I want somebody who's going to tell the whole truth. And if somebody says, well, what are the downsides of working in this practice, that they can articulate what those are for them as well. I love that. I don't ever want to bait and switch. I don't want people to come in and say, she said it was a really cute baby. And, you know, you lift that blanket up and oh, not so much. So I make sure that other clinicians can be asked questions that helps. That's a part of our culture too, is you get to say what this culture is going to be like you get to have an input as to what the culture is about, and hopefully you can articulate it as well.
1: And it sounds like nowadays culture can be a competitive advantage, particularly as there's many online-only therapy practices. Uh, that how does your culture now give you a competitive advantage over other practices?
0: Oh boy, you know, too bad this isn't. Uh, <laughs> you can see the look on my face, folks. And you know what? I love the idea that there are different models now where people can. Get help in a different way. I love that idea. More access to care is never a bad thing. However, one of the things I've heard repeatedly about some of these folks who are working for these corporate entities that are doing, you know, these large investor backed corporate entities that are providing therapy. They're not dealing with insurance companies, they're only doing cash that's a lower fee. There is no culture, there's no support. So, That might be fine for some people. And yay, thank goodness that exists. That might be a fine environment for some therapists to work in. The people who would seek us out are not those people. And we have actually absorbed several people recently who have worked for those companies. And that's what they said. They said, I want a community. I want support. So I think that's really important to therapists. And therapists know how hard the work is and how much they need that.
1: One final thing, Margot, you did do a whole process where you wrote down your your mission, your vision, your values for the organization. How important was that? And how did it help you put a framework around the culture at your organization?
0: Again, folks, if you could see the look on my face, I have to tell you, I was I was a resister of this exercise in the beginning. Yeah, you can't see Deanna and Chris either. They're chuckling back there because they did it with me and and uh, our COO, who happens to be my big brother, was part of that process too. So this was all sorts of interesting. And and I resisted because it felt, and air quotes, kind of corporate, and I don't like that feeling. And, and my business consultant said, well, Margo, how long have you been a corporation? And I said, well, the whole time we've been in business, she's like, you're our cor- What are you talking about? So it was like, well, what is that feel that I don't want? I didn't want it to be like when I'm riding in the elevator of a hospital and I see our mission, vision and values. And I don't like that. It doesn't really say anything to me, right? It sounds sort of like talking heads and wah, 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 wah. It doesn't say anything to me. However, I now, as a convert, will tell you that it has helped me articulate. And Deanna, you've helped me with this. I have a very clear sense because I'm a therapist, I'm very sensory oriented. I have a great sense of what our culture is. I think our therapists have a good sense of it. But then you ask me to articulate it and I can go, it can be a little harder to say it. So it was really useful to say, why do we exist? Right, Chris, you were great at helping to say, okay, so here's what your mission is. Your mission is, why do you exist? Well, I want to help people feel better. I want people to live the best life they possibly can. And so we came up with the mission statement of living your best life right? Which now I see uh, younger folks talk about, my kids will say, oh, he's just living his best life. They're just living their best life. You know, they're out there having fun. And so there is some, some sort of current trend in terms of living your best life. Our values, what, what are we trying to accomplish here, right? So why do we exist? Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish here? Those are our values really important for me to think about.
1: So what you're saying, Margo, is that as a resistor, you realize writing things down is important. The other thing that's important, I believe you've done this as well, is you write down how you see the vision, but then you share it with your team and get their feedback to see if they match. So there is a little bit of an iterative process till you come up with the final of what that description of the culture is. And you have to describe it before you can perpetuate it.
0: Yeah. You have to describe it. And, and again, as therapists folks, I get it. We tend to be more sensory. We feel it, we sense it, but the importance and the utility of being able to say it, to communicate it to somebody else is really important as well. And Deanna back to your question about hiring when I've had an interview with someone and I'm asking them questions, they tell me how it has felt to talk to me. I might have sat there and we might have talked about, you know, so last weekend I went to the Botanic Garden and I loved walking around looking at the waterfall, and you know, but what was really useful to them, they, they had a felt sense of who I am. That's great, but I also need to be able to articulate it. It's really important that us, that we as a team can articulate it as well. So Deanna, to your point, write it down, folks, let yourself just grab a pen, just do some free rain writing, just some free expression. Think, don't think it through very much. Let it flow. See what you come up with and then talk to your team about it. If you have one other therapist, talk to them about it. If you have five, talk to them about it. How would they like this to look? That really is part of the culture then as well. And they have much more ownership and will
1: want to help you perpetuate it. They sure do. And you you hit it. Culture is what does it feel like to work here? So so the fact that people have this sense of what it feels like means that you've done a good job of articulating it and thinking it through because ultimately your culture is that sensory experience of working with you. So fantastic work, Argo.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, and I'm glad we're talking about this, Deanna, because when I talk to other the practice owners, they kind of feel the same way, like, well, it's kind of how it feels, right? Because that's the kind of people we are. So in the end, folks, I would say, number one, Know that you have a culture, whether you've thought about it or not. You have a culture. Culture exists. It's intentional or not. Why not make it intentional? To help make it intentional, write it down. Just do some free, free reign writing and talk to your staff about it and see what input they would like to give you as well. Are you spot on? Do they share this with you? Is there something you haven't thought of? So those would be some things that I would love for you to take with you today. So culture exists. Make it be a good one. Deanna Shoss of Intercultural Talk, thank you so much. Chris Pertel, as always, thank you for your time and effort with the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll look forward to having you with us next time. Be well. You've been listening to the Mental Health Business Mentor podcast with Dr. Margot Jaco. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode and head on over to the mentalhealthbusinessmentor.com website for resources and additional information. Thanks so much for listening and be well.